888-344-0303. Call now, because this is the Morning Drive on News Talk WVMT. Welcome back to the Morning Drive, everybody. Kurt and Anthony here, and joining us online now is Rick Yerish. And Rick is part of the Sweetheart and Heroes uh, anti-bullying campaign that's over at uh, with the Williston School. Uh, good morning, Rick. Good morning. How are you doing today? We're doing great, and we're really awesome. honored to have you on the show. So thank you so much for giving us a call here to talk about this important. So tell us about what's going on in Williston, and also... Along the way, with you're going to be speaking at Wilson, we know that you are a, uh, a, a motivational speaker. And, of course, tell us your story of what you went through. Yeah, so um, so actually today we're at St. Johnsbury. We did okay. we were in Wilson earlier this uh, year, and we had an amazing time, and I know we're going to spend some time there again later this year. Uh, but we're in St. Johnsbury, and St. Johnsbury is actually a, a really neat school for us, St. Johnsbury School, um, because we were there um, right after, you know, schools kind of started allowing us to come back in after COVID. So we were here just a couple of years ago and it's amazing to be back here um, again. So it's just, I don't know, it's just an amazing opportunity to be back in the same school. We were just, we started off again after COVID, but um, yeah, so my story, what brought me to St. Johnsbury really was uh, what happened to me 17 years ago. And uh, when I was a soldier in Iraq and my vehicle that I was in was hit with an IED and um, the IED hit the fuel tank in my Bradley, and instantly I was on fire. Um, I had to get out of the vehicle, jump off of the vehicle, and then uh, when I jumped off of the vehicle, I broke my leg and ended up with a uh, prosthetic below my leg or below my knee. And uh, you know that was, uh, and then I rolled into a canal and it saved my life. It saved my life, and uh, eventually I ended up at a hospital in San Antonio, Texas. And uh, that was all 17 years ago, and it's so hard to believe that in 17 years. Um, where it's led me, the journey that I've been on, and honestly, the amazing things that came out of what happened that day um, in Iraq. And I know we'll talk about uh, more of that as we go. And uh, it just you—you you have turned this into the what happened to you into something where you're trying to do good for a lot of people, including young people, because of course we know that there. The statistics show that something like one out of every five kid is bullied, or maybe it's more than that. Um, so the message, what's the message you give when you go to the schools, with, considering yeah. what you went through yourself? For sure. So, like, you know, um, bullying is obviously an issue. Uh, but we always say that we could take the word bullying right out of the presentation, and it's still the same exact message, and it's about taking care of each other. And it's about uh, empowering the students to be the change and giving them the power to uh, letting them letting them recognize what they're actually capable of. So in my part of the message, I talk a lot about hope. And um, the reason I talk about hope is because I know the other side of it, and that's the hopelessness side. With, you know, what happened to me in Iraq that day that I was on fire, um, I gave up that day. Uh, you know, I was hopeless. And uh, Hope to Sweethearts and Heroes stands for Hold On Possibilities Exist. Now, in that moment that I was on fire, I didn't know all that, and um, the possibilities that existed didn't even matter. Um, but they were there, even though I didn't see them. And we're, we let these kids know that, you know, if, especially for the ones that are being treated the wrong way, that maybe are being bullied, um, what hope stands for. And that you hold on long enough, we teach them that these sweethearts will come into their life 
because the, the message is sweethearts and heroes. Uh, the sweethearts in the world will come into their life, and they will help them get out of that hopelessness. Because sometimes it is hard to get out of on your own, or sometimes impossible, and we need other people. The, along my journey, I've needed so many people along the way to help me get through things. There's just certain things, you know, and I'm strong. I, I love to believe that I'm extremely strong, but I still wouldn't have been able to get through all of it on my own. So we empower these kids to let them know that they carry hope inside of them and that they can give that hope to other people who are struggling, those ones who are holding on uh, to find out what those possibilities are, the possibilities that exist are. So, yes, it's about bullying, but it's also about uh, hopelessness. And, you know, bullying is just something that can lead uh, to hopelessness. And, Rick, what was it? Can you point to something in particular that began to turn things around for you? I mean, it's totally understandable for all of us when we think about what you went through as you just described it. And how you would be totally feel a feel total feeling of hopelessness after that, but was there was it a gradual turnaround? Was it something dramatic that turned things around for you and headed you into another direction of of real hope? Yeah, you know, I think it was a gradual thing that happened along the way. But I mean, there were so many there's thousands of stories that I can point to that were changes in my life. But I needed thousands of them to get through all of the difficult things that I was. Um, going through, and one that I share with all the students because it's um, one of the biggest turning points of my uh, my recovery was um, you know probably about eight or nine months after my injury, a couple of months after I got out of the hospital, I was in a uh, restaurant with my brother, and you know at that time it was really hard for me to go out in public, and it wasn't because every person was staring at me like that's what was happening. Everybody was staring at me, but I could deal with that. It was the it was. The fact that little kids, um, you know, five, six years old, they, they weren't just staring at me. They saw me as a monster. I mean, there was no other way for them to see me. They, they, they couldn't see me as a human being because they've never seen a human being that looked like that. So uh, to them, I was a monster, and that was really, really difficult for me. Oh I didn't, God, certainly, yeah. certainly did not want to be seen as a monster. So um, I was in a restaurant with my brother, and uh, there was a table across from us with a family sitting at it, and in the family there was a little girl sitting on the side of the table where she's facing me. I could tell that she was um, afraid of me. She was definitely staring. I mean, the whole restaurant was trying to figure out what happened to me. But uh, she was afraid. And she was sitting right next to her grandfather, and her grandfather saw the same thing that I did, saw that she was staring, saw that she was afraid. But he did something I didn't expect. He actually leaned down close to her, and he quietly said, go say hi to him. He wanted his granddaughter to come over and say hello to me. He was putting her in a really uncomfortable situation. Um... But she didn't move. Like, she was too afraid. She didn't want to come over. And I understood that. I didn't really want her coming over. I know how this ends. So he said it again. Go say hi to him. And this time she did start to come over. And uh, when she got about halfway over, because I didn't want her to come all the way over to my table. She was so uncomfortable. I didn't want to make it worse. So when she got halfway over, I said, hey, how you doing? As nicely as I could. But when I said that, uh, she stopped dead in her tracks. And, uh, you know, just like she saw a monster. And she turned around and she ran back to her grandpa as fast as she could. And Again, at that time, it's just like, Rick, get used to it. Deal with it. Figure it out. That is your life, and that's the way your life will always be. Kids are always going to see you as scary, so deal with it. But I didn't know how. That early on in my recovery, I didn't know how to deal with a lot of different things I was dealing with. So um, I was, you know, I needed hope at that time. So that little girl, she ran away from me, and she got back to her grandpa, and she looked at him, and she said, Grandpa, he's really nice. 
And oh. uh, that's certainly not what I thought she was going to say, and that's definitely not what the listeners thought thought she was going to say. Well, I was about to ask you, how do you take that 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 day and and where that you were in in that mentally, mm-hmm. and 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 to take it and to to flip it upside down and channel it to to you have you've impacted you know two and a half million kids now. Where did that come from? Was there was there is it little pieces that built you back so exponentially in the other direction? Uh, how did you do that? Well, I just you know, even when you're in the midst of awful things, when you're dealing with something extremely difficult, extremely awful, that does not mean there is no, there's nothing good going on around you. There is so much good going on around you. It's just super hard to see. So once I was able, like, you know, that situation with that little girl, I guarantee there was moments like that before that. I just didn't recognize them as that. I didn't recognize them as moments of hope. Uh, They were there. I just didn't see them that way. And uh, once that little girl came into my life and I saw that, that's when I, I think I started seeing, oh, my gosh, there's really a lot of amazing things. Yeah, I'm dealing with a lot. But there's a lot of amazing things going on around me. And when I can concentrate on those amazing things, like I can get through a lot. We got a call for you, so uh, let's go to the phones. Uh, Turn your radio down. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Hey, I was just in my truck, and I just heard this story of this gentleman. And, sir, I just want to say that you're awesome. Well, thank you very much, man. I appreciate that. Uh, You know, I'm just given an opportunity, and that's truly what I believe. I'm, I have an opportunity, and if I, I'd be wasting it if I didn't do anything with it. At what point, Rick, did you, as you started to turn around and you had these experiences and the experience with the little girl, which is so touching, um, and things started to turn around for you, at what point did you decide that you wanted to go in a direction where you helped people, which is you're doing such incredible work now, and, and how did you get involved with uh, Sweethearts and Heroes and Tom Murphy? Yeah, so, um, you know, when I first got injured and I was in the hospital and I couldn't sleep at night, I'd watch TV at night, and there's really only a couple channels on, and one of the channels was our chapel channel, and uh, it would share inspirational stories. And there was a story of a man named Dave Reaver who was injured in Vietnam, and he was burned very badly. And, um, you know, he shared that story so, you know, I could relate with what he went through, the same hospital that I was going through, but just, you know, 40 years earlier. Um, so I related with him, but then the more important part of his story was where he was 40 years later after his injury. And he shared that he was a public speaker and he shared that he had a family. And those honestly were things that I did not believe I could ever have, like a job that I loved, um, a family that I loved. I didn't think that would ever come into my life because of what happened to me. Uh, but also, you know, he, after seeing what he went through that, you know, maybe I can go through, maybe I can, uh, have the same results. So I think public speaking came into my world then when I saw that that's what he was doing. But then I asked somebody, um, you know, somebody asked me, they said, what do they, what, they said, what do you want to do? And I told him I wanted to be a public speaker. And I'm not, I'm not going to lie. When I said that, it was like, what did you just say? Because that's a, that was a terrifying um, thing to me. Speaking in public, oh, my gosh, I did that in high school. And I failed, well, I should have failed the class because I didn't do any speeches in front of my class. I was so terrified. But... Um, I always say that the scars that I have gave me the confidence I needed. For some reason, it wiped away that fear that I had before of judgment and stuff like that. Like, I was judged before. I'm judged now, but now I just don't care about that judgment as long as I'm doing good things uh, to help people. So, 
he gave me an opportunity, that guy that I asked me that question, he gave me an opportunity to speak. And uh, I realized at first it's, it's, it's exactly what I needed. It helped me. It truly did help me. And I saw that it was helping other people. So then it became something I wanted to do. And today it's something that I absolutely love doing. And I'm so glad that I joined up with Sea Arts and Heroes, gosh, it's 11 uh, years ago about that right now. And because on my own, I may have reached half a million kids um by now but you you know you you said that number like mm-hmm. that's how many people i've reached because i've joined up with an organization that first of all knew what they were doing and also has an amazing message um and that's a really even when i learned that my message was about hope you know before that i was just sharing a war story you know it was a good story people love to hear the story but there's so much more in it and in my story so much there's so much help and, and that's what I realized when I joined up with Tom and Sweet Arts and Heroes. We're talking to uh, Army Sergeant Rick Yerish, hope expert and motivational speaker, and uh, doing great stuff. As you said, talk to a half a million kids. Rick, um, what when you go to these schools, like you're going to be in St. Johnsbury today, you've been in Williston here in Vermont and many others, what's the reaction you get from the kids? What are some of the questions that they ask you? Oh, well, you know, it's kind of funny when you go into a uh, – a second grade classroom after you've done your presentation and you tell those kids they can ask you anything. And uh, when you say that in a middle school, teachers look at you like, uh, do you know you're asking a middle schooler that they can <laughs> ask you anything? Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually terror that I see in their eyes. But like in a second grade, when I say that, I can just see the wheels spinning in their brains. And, um, you know, one of the first questions is, you know, because of my burns, I don't have my ears uh, are gone and my nose is gone. And sometimes the fir- one of the first questions will be like, how do you hear with no ears? That's the first question I get from a young kid. And my answer back is always, what? and usually it's the third time they ask that they're like okay he's messing with me um but yeah so those are the kind of questions but honestly like how does a a second uh, a second grader have any clue what i deal with so they can ask me anything you know when they get into the older grades you know one of the questions i get sometimes is did it hurt when you were on fire now the other kids when they hear that they will all laugh at that kid Oh, that's a stupid question. Why would you ask something so dumb? Well, then I say, you know, there's no such thing as a dumb question because have any of you ever been engulfed in flames? No. Well, there you go. Well, how would you know what it feels like? Because the answer is it did not hurt. And that's the crazy thing. So there's no, I mean, so it's just an opportunity to get a uh, perspective of somebody that's been through something that they have never gone through and hopefully they will never, ever have to. Um, and, you know, it's like your quest is a constant breaking down of prejudgment. Yeah, oh, for and, sure. And it's got to be empowering, uh, especially when you're, when you're talking to kids and, you know, the little ones that are just, it's just logic. They're like, he has no ears. I wonder how he hears. And right. Then, and then the older yeah. kids that, that are, obviously, the, their wheels are turning in different directions because they've had so many things happen to them by that, that, that time. Uh, so... You answered my question by saying, I was going to say, do you, you, you specifically talk to older kids or younger kids, but you talk to a, a wide variety of age groups? Yeah, it's it's K through 12 and above. You know, like last year I was in a, um, uh, or actually it was this year, the beginning of this year I was in a um, nursing home and speaking to people who were 90. This message is for everyone. I mean, because, again, it's a message of hope. 
And there are all there are times in all of our lives where we we struggle with hope, whether it's a lack of hope or the you know full blown hopelessness. So it's a message for everyone, and obviously it's dialed in for uh, specific age groups. Uh, Rick, I know you got to go in a minute. Do you have time for us to grab one more call for you? Absolutely. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. You're on the air. I guess, right. I guess not. So, um, so Rick, we obviously we know you're making a difference, and we know that kids in school the, who are experiencing for a different reason than what happened to you, but still there is that similarity that they're experience, experiencing home, hopelessness as you did. So the message that you're imparting to them is to to have hope. That's right, to have hope and also to recognize that even, you know, everybody's dealing with something, but sometimes there's people who are dealing with more, or at least they feel like they are. And it's to let those kids know that the the one that's struggling that really needs hope, you're the answer for that that kid. You have the hope that they need, and you can give it to them. And just like that little girl did for me, she changed my life forever, and uh, that's a power that every single one of us in this world carries. Hope. We're born with it. Let's try the phones one more time. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Yes, um, good morning. And thank you so much for your service. Um, But I just wanted to say that what you're doing, you know that you're doing something really well, but I don't think you realize how much you're doing because kids in the schools right now are so anxious. Um, They're being told that there's oppressors and victims, and what you're bringing is a positive message that they can do it, they can get through their struggles, and it's really focusing on resiliency, which I feel it is really lacking in the schools nowadays. So I just want to thank you tremendously for what you're doing. Well, thank you very much. I truly appreciate it. And we, as human beings, we are super resilient. We just don't really recognize it when we're stuck in the middle of that fire and it's hard to clear that smoke that's in front of you but once you can clear that smoke and see the amazing things uh, it just makes it easier to get through uh rick you um you're doing incredible stuff you're doing incredible work and you're helping kids every day and you're continuing to do it today in st johnsbury um when you look, and then I know you don't spend a lot, I'm sure you don't spend a lot of time looking back, you're going forward into the future and helping people, but do you, do you regret at all that you served in Iraq? Not at all. You know, um, there's a video that was made uh, probably about 10 years ago, a little 10-minute uh, video, and the, the title of the, the, the video is, I don't, uh, I don't have any regrets. Now, when people read that, they're like, oh, my gosh, no regrets in your life. No, that's not what I'm talking about. But the, the title actually went towards the fact that I don't have any regrets about joining the military. It's what I needed. At that time in my life, it's absolutely what I needed to do to get off the track that I was on. I didn't, I didn't do real well in high school, and um, I kept that same attitude after I graduated. And I needed a push, and uh, the military gave me that. And, you know, to this day... Uh, I believe, and I know this is a tough one for uh, some people to hear, but to this day, I believe that I went to Iraq for the right reasons. Now, some people won't agree with that, and that's oh, that's totally okay. That's the way they see it. But for me, that's the way I see it. 
I went over there to help people. I am so lucky that I never had to take a life. Um, and that was my job. You know, I was a combat, um, I was a cavalry scout, but I never had to do that. And I'm so, so lucky that I did not. I don't have to have that on my conscience. But, uh, again, I went there to help people. And that is what I believe to this day. And, uh, again, that's not uh, what everybody else believes, but uh, that's what I believe. And that's what makes me able to get through it. Well, I have friends, and I'm, I know Anthony does, who, who served in Iraq, and, and whatever disputes there are, are, are about the war, and I think that we did go over there for the right reason, and, and we absolutely owe a debt of gratitude to people like you who were over there and were trying to help people, no question about it. And well, I just want to say thank you uh, for what you were doing then and what you've what you're doing now because it is so um it's it's really great stuff and i'm sure you are literally saving lives well thank you very much the hope we carry it changes and saves lives thank you so much for joining us today rick i uh i i I just can't believe that one one person can uh, can take such a tragedy and turn it into making such an impactful uh change in people's lives and, and keep up the good work if, if people want to uh follow you or or uh sweethearts and heroes what's the best way they can do that yeah so anybody can get on our website sweetheartsandheroes.com there's contact form that you can get a hold of us through that and we're on pretty much all the social media platforms youtube channels um sweethearts and heroes and uh we, we share a lot of content because there's a lot of content because there's a lot of hopelessness so we have a lot of stuff that people can watch and uh, hopefully help them get through their tough situations, even if we never meet face-to-face. All righty. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, Rick. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to check in with uh, Fox News. Amanda's got the headlines, and then we'll be back. We're going to talk with uh, Don Pitata, actor and uh, 